Hey folks, Gerald Kirk here, and I'm excited to share that this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast is supported in part by the Alabama Humanities Alliance, a state affiliate of the National Endowment of the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast episode do not necessarily represent those of Alabama Humanities Alliance or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Now, let's get to the show. Why can't we be friends? It's so much easier Before we got a feelings hurt And I can't pretend that it's easy Why can't we be friends? I used to be so close to you like What's a buddy supposed to do now? Cause I can't pretend that it's easy Why can't we be friends? We used to be and welcome back to the Higher Ground Society podcast, where we sit down and take some time to chat with Alabama's creatives and thinkers, and we discuss their work. Uh, I'm super excited to uh, have this really interesting conversation uh, with uh, an artist I hope you guys know of. He's incredible. Mr. Jordy Cerci. Say hello, Jordy. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. I mean, I, I should. I want to make sure that for oh, we have this on record for this conversation. Jordy is literally driving across the country right now as we discuss as we record this. That's true. I'm very impressed by by the multitasking yeah. talent. <laughs> well, it's great. Uh, you know, I've I've got a lot of driving these uh, these three days, so it's uh, it's 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 great to break up the drive and. <laughs> And help out, honestly. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. For sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, this will be a good um, part of the story of this trip, I guess, for you. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about why he's driving uh, across the country for a second. But before we get there, just, Jordy, paint the picture. Who is Jordy Searcy? <laughs> hey, everyone. So my name is Jordy. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter. I write songs on the guitar and piano and play them for people. Um I am, uh, I'll be 28 this coming weekend. Um, and I've been, uh, playing music for professionally kind of, I haven't, I haven't really had another real job. Um, and, uh, but I've been, I've been lucky enough to put out a couple of, uh, records and I'm working on, I'm in the middle of releasing my third, um, maybe second record, third release, um, and yeah, I've, li- I've lived in Nashville for the last six years. And right now I'm driving out to the West Coast in my van that I, I live in. Um, and uh, I'm going to stay out on the West Coast for a little while and see if that's where I want to make my home base. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, people ask what kind of music I make. Uh, it's it's like dude with a guitar music and people mostly get what music it is. Yeah, so that's me. <laughs> And it's very, very good music. I will say, I so I was I've been following you for a long time. I like oh, appreciate it. On, well, before you to say that, I was just let me be completely honest. I've been following you for a long time on Instagram and getting little, you know, plugs here and there. But it took me forever to finally listen to sit down and actually listen to your music. And I, I will say, I do that because I'm I, I get in my head and I like just have these moods and modes where I'm just like focused on a specific artist or whatever. Yeah. And it, it takes me a while to kind of branch out. So I finally, I felt like an idiot. I, <laughs> I sat down, I listened to, um, is it, it's Friends, was the, the last album? Or Let's no, see, Love. so that, the last, the last record is called 
love songs. Yeah. Love songs. Like, yes. Love question mark songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's what, what, well, I think I actually heard songs from you before then. And I think it might actually made it come up mm-hmm. in like shuffles and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But yeah. it took me a while to finally sit down and focus on you. I'm glad that I did because I am, I am definitely now a fan and just, um, you are incredible yeah, appreciate it. songwriter. I love what you do with words. We'll talk about this, um, a little bit more, but before we get there, um, so what's your connection to Alabama? So you said you've been in Nashville for a while, but what's your connection to Alabama? Yeah, so uh, me and my family moved to Fairhope, Alabama, close to Gulf Shores um, when I was like 12 mm-hmm. uh, and lived there. And, and, and I went to college in uh, Florence, University of North Alabama, just for like a year and a half. And then I dropped out and moved up to Nashville. But, um, but yeah, so I've, I've been in, uh, was in Alabama most of my like, you know, young adult development years. Um, yeah. Yes. And I will say, I don't know if this news has ever passed along to you, but I'm actually from Bay Manette. So oh, nice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so we are Baldwin County buds in that regard. That's right. um, Fairhope's incredible. I often talk about if, you know, just considering yeah. options of retirement and whatnot, Fairhope's on the retirement city list. Oh yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. It's hard to beat. Yeah. It's incredible. It's awesome. Space. And so I love, I think that I can actually hear that in your music. Too. Oh, I, yeah. I keep trying to get to the music and stuff because it's so like it's, it's so good. But um, before we get there, oh, thanks. Um, what first? How did you first get involved in music? So my uh, my whole family does music, so it's it, mm. it definitely is kind of feels like the family business. Um, my dad works. Uh, his, he's my both my parents went to Belmont in Nashville, and they okay. were like working Nashville musicians for a lot of years. My dad wrote for a label and they're both working at churches and my mom's a vocal teacher and they both mm. like made records and stuff and done a little bit of touring. Um, and so now they, my dad's a worship leader and they both still write a lot. And then my mom's a great vocal teacher, um, vocal coach. And, uh, so I, I grew up like we, um, you know, there's a family of like hustling musicians. So <laughs> there wasn't always money to buy, you know, the guitar I wanted, but my mm-hmm. mom, did things like help me set up a guitar teaching business so that I could make the money to buy the guitar using music, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, uh, it was a really awesome way to grow up. And I feel like the reason I'm doing music professionally is definitely because of my parents, not, not just because of the, you know, the reason I play music is from them for sure. But I think just the watching the way they live their lives and, um, you know, figured out how to make it work doing Mm -hmm. a living, doing, making a living, doing music, definitely made me see that as a possibility. And I learned kind of how to, you know, how to make that work day to day and month to month from watching them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very evident because as I'm, so, I mean, you guys can't see it, but I'm watching him <laughs> drive. <laughs> and in the yeah. background, he literally has, so he has his living spaces, but he also records his music in his van. Like it's like, you are literally creating these incredible things and doing it with what you have. And I, and I love that. And it's so great. Um, I also love that you shared that your family's a musical family and they mm-hmm. are like, like they know what they're doing. They're studied and trained and stuff. Yeah. So this is kind of an offshoot question. What's it like to be in the music business like this and then have like, I could just imagine like your mom be like, hmm, do you think you can maybe sing this another way? <laughs> like, does that right. ever have to happen? Or well, <laughs> it's funny because my, my parents give compliments in the same way that like my musician friends do. 
Okay. Which is like hilarious and like some sometimes annoying and sometimes really great. Sure. Because you know, I'll play a show, they'll be like, Yeah, cool show, man. Oh, that was great. Uh anyways, yeah. So you want to get a bite to eat and <laughs> and uh there's not a there's not a whole lot of like amazement or like I'm just so proud of you for figuring sure. and they they well they they are I will prefer they are so proud of me and they're they're awesome parents. Yeah. But they also like they get it in a really intimate way, which has been a really cool thing. So they they'll like yeah they they uh they notice the things that are real that i'm really proud of and that are you know they they don't go oh my gosh i can't i believe that you played a show but then my dad will be like that one line and that second verse is awesome man great job you know yeah yeah i get that okay okay that's cool because i I think you know you think of like people like musical families and right um, we hear like those kind of sometimes horror stories of people who are in the business and i keep i know this is terrible i think of like joe jackson and (laughs) right literally you know and uh it's in in some ways it can be really inspiring and really incredible to have that kind of support i'm glad that's the story that you have but yeah um, i think they they're they're definitely not like you know my mom was never like a stage mom they're very much like yeah do you know figure it out however you want we'll support you you know but there wasn't there wasn't ever like you gotta fit you gotta you know you gotta be number one you have to (laughs) yeah really make us proud it was it was just a very kind of gentle encouragement which i think was really helpful that's good and i think it it is very evident in the way that you are um growing and flourishing your career um so you have this family background you know kind of set up um but who are some of the artists that influence your music um like kind of first and foremost i remember just discovering the beatles when i was okay like you know eight eight seven or eight years old and just being super obsessed beatles catalog Mm -hmm. um and then through you know and that was like i just listened to like weird music and the music that i was around and you know jazz stuff bluegrass stuff until i was like 14 and um until i was really 21 I, i wanted to be a guitar player Sure. So I put a lot of time into learning like a bunch of different genres on guitar. So mm-hmm. I learned, <laughs> I learned like every guitar part in a, on like a few Taylor Swift albums. Cause I was like, I got to learn country music. Let's, let's get in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and, and then I was, you know, way into Mayer and all that kind of music. Like most, <laughs> like most guitar players my age were. Wait, um, John Mayer, right? Yeah. John Mayer. I love right. that you said Mayer. <laughs> like it. Like right. Pop- <laughs> yeah no that's great though i'm a huge john mayer it's, fan oh yeah yeah it's it's, so. it's classic yeah but yeah and and i but i think um kind of the through line and then and then in college i just kind of immersed myself in hip-hop and i played um in kind of a house band that we played for rap projects and funk and soul and r&b projects mm-hmm. um and so as a guitar player, I was in that world a ton. But I think the through line of all the music that I really love is just the songwriting. So, um, you know, like I'm uh, huge, hugely into the Beatles, you know, Paul McCartney, but also like Kendrick is a huge influence for me just sure. from like a writing standpoint. And I think that like the through lines from Kendrick to like Phoebe Bridgers and Jason Isbell are there for me. And um, yeah, any, I, I think like any, anybody that writes really great songs um, or really great lyrics kind of from any genre are, are my, my biggest influences, usually what I gravitate towards. That's good to, to hear. Uh, and it makes sense again, because I think that's one of the things that's so great about your music is the lyrics are so poignant. There's like, you, you tell oh, I appreciate stories. That. 
you tell great stories like it's it just makes sense and so i guess for anybody that's listening if you want to be good at anything but especially like songwriting you need to study and study the best and you'll come up with you know jordy Cersei songs <laughs> you know like it'll it'll pay off um so and also you mentioned phoebe bridges i again i'm late to the party as always i literally just started listening to her great stuff oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um, it's awesome it's it's the world of music is just so ridiculous and there's and, it's, and yeah. i think sometimes people are like oh you know the, the music that's coming out today is all pop and it's all the same stuff blah 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 right and to an extent sure but at the same time right. there's this underbelly of the music world that's really incredible uh, creating some incredible stuff um yeah so you talked about like the 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 songwriting and how you like approach the craft i guess but one of the things that i mm-hmm. love about you and your music is like your voice <laughs> Like, oh, thank you, Jordy. You be singing, like. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> like, that. Really oh no, like I does. I, I was like, yeah, this is this is something that I want to like, you know, hear more of, and that's really like. What, oh, yeah. and then, then the lyrics is what, what it just kind of sealed the deal, and like, is there anybody that is this just something like this pure you, or is there anybody that you listen to and was like, I want to sound like that, and you kind of patting yourself off, but I, I, it, again, it's a very unique sound, but I don't know. What, yeah. Yeah, well, honestly, I think it's kind of two things have kind of lended to my voice. One was like, I spent a lot of time with gospel players when I was in college. Sure. And, um, and I think just that approach to singing and melodies and like leading, <coughs> le- leading like chords with melodies mm-hmm. was, I think, huge for me mm-hmm. um, and really helped me approach singing in a new way mm-hmm. and like the storytelling in gospel music with like melodies and vocal runs yeah um this is a big thing and and just kind of like a little bit a little bit denser chord library yeah um and then i think uh whenever i moved to nashville i was like 21 and i met my uh the guy who still plays drums and tms for me his name is scooter spicer really great Uh drummer um and we just started booking as many shows as we could play and so we played probably that first year we played probably 200 shows. Wow. Um, which is, well, 200 things, not all of them were shows, <laughs> you know, but still to show up that many times. That's incredible. Right. Yeah. But, but so I, I honestly think the thing that developed my voice in kind of a unique way is because I'm not really naturally a great singer. I think I, I can, I can sing well now, but I've had to, I know people that like just roll up and can sing amazing. But I, I, that wasn't me. I had to like really put a lot of work in and figure sure. out how to use my voice well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was playing live in front of a lot of people that sort of solidified, you know, the unique way that I sang. Because I think, you know, you, the, the way you get a unique um, technique is, uh, is doing it wrong a million ways until you're good at doing it wrong. Sure. <laughs> and, then it's, and then it's a new way of doing it, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's <laughs> very interesting that you mentioned that it's not something that came natural because it sounds natural. It sounds like, again, you sound natural, seasoned, like it's all <laughs> like- I appreciate that. It sounds so great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Thank it you. makes sense, everything that you, that you, that you just said. Um, and one of the reasons I asked this question is because, so I just went to New York for the first time back in October. Oh, and, nice. Um, saw Hades Town. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with 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 that show or the, the one of the leads. I've listened through, yeah, it's amazing. And so I was sat there and listened to the lead guy who plays 
Orpheus, Reeve Carney. And he also plays guitar and everything during the show. Spoiler alert. And I was like, yeah. I was like, this guy wants to be Jordy so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's really kind. I just, I remember listening to that. I was like, oh, man. But, like, again, Jordy has this nice, like, raspy, but at the same time, kind of smooth, very fluid voice. And it just really blends well with, like I said earlier, with the music mm-hmm. that um, that he writes and the words that he writes. Oh, man. That's really um, kind. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned... Scooter. Scooter's actually the reason why we're talking right now. Oh, nice. Uh, if, if, if you know that. So I reached out to him. I know, I know him through the Auburn community. Yeah. Community, and reached out to him and was like, so um, what was Jordy's deal? Like, is he, what, is he from Alabama? Because I think I had read kind of conflicting right. reports about where you were from, that right. sort of thing. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, he, you know, he, <laughs> he considers himself to be, like, you know, reared and, you know, brought up in the Alabama I was like, okay, well then, cool. So yeah, he's the one who who made this possible. So shout out to you, Scooter, for that's right. <laughs> for, there you go. Um, yes. Oh, and also, just do, uh, right, a shameless plug, Scooter Spicer of Spicer's Music in Auburn, Alabama. By all that's means, right. check them out if you need any like music needs or lessons, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he's uh he he just bought last minute tickets to Argentina, so he's flying there today. I think he like found out a couple of days ago. So he's uh, oh. he's and I think he knows people in Argentina, but I'm not sure. He just peace. He just peaced out. He's so so. Scooters and from you know, shout out from Argentina. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. So I guess if I text him, he might not get the message. But I'll figure out a way to make sure he, he make sure that this happened. He'll he, he might text happened. you back. He he stays on it. He probably will find a way. That's really impressive. I mean, <laughs> his network is not. I hate to say network because it sounds like super formal, like whatever. But I think Scooter knows a lot of people and like friends with a lot of people. Oh yeah, and creates oh, yeah. a lot of That's incredible true. relationships. But like, what's in Argentina? I'm just no- <laughs> nosy now. <laughs> That's the thing. He's 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 done he's done that so many times. I've been like find a cheap flight and be like, man, I've never been there before. And then he'll stay in a hostel the first week, sure, and make friends and then hang out with them for a month. Okay, it's, so this is how. That's beautiful. He, he, especially in the pandemic, he spent like two months in Puerto Rico. I was hiring him to like, cause I couldn't hire him to play drums. Uh, so I was hiring him to do like, uh, you know, laptop work essentially for me. And, um, and he would, you know, edit videos and stuff and just send them to me from, from his Airbnb in Puerto Rico. Pretty, pretty baller. That so yeah, we're gonna have to get Scooter on this, on the, on the show to see to yeah, talk about honestly, his that, experience. I think, I think that would be a really good move. He, he's a, uh, played drums on a lot of great records and toured with a lot of people but as you know and talking about spicers i think it would be you know he's he's an alabama staple for sure yeah and just a genuinely kind-hearted sweetheart guy so yeah that 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 ends the scooter spicer segment of the show thank you for tuning in (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) uh but you so going back to what you said in terms of you know you having to develop your sound and work on it and everything part of your journey is the fact that you were on The Voice at some point. Yes, that's yeah? right. So can yeah. you just share what that experience is like? Tell us when it was. Because I, I mean, so yeah. I, I have to be honest. I stopped watching vocal competitions after Jennifer Hudson lost the American Idol. Like she, right, <laughs> right. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like this is totally. like, you know, so, uh, so I don't get super invested in it. But uh, yeah. I heard that you were on The Voice. So tell us about that experience. Yeah, I was like, I was like 19 um, I was going to UNA in Florence and, uh, got called for the show. And at that point I was like, I had made a lot of records and written a lot of songs, but I was like, I think I'm mostly just a songwriter and a guitar player. I was like, I didn't really think of myself as a singer. Um, 
but I got called for the show. And I think through some branding, for some reason, they probably had a list of the type of people they needed. And hmm. I fit one of those things on the list. And they're like, well, we need this guy and he'll get out in the first round, but whatever, let's just have him on the show for fun. <laughs> and so I did the show, went out to LA and stayed for a couple of months and it was awesome. The shit, yeah. the, it was like, because they just put us in a hotel for two months as like a 19 year old kid, you know, I, it was great. They gave us a bunch of money to eat out. Uh-huh. Um, and we just hung out for a couple of months and we did, we did the show some, but it was more so honestly, just like spending a lot of time with other, you know, people that were contestants on the show and other musicians. So I, I thought it was awesome. They treated us really well. Um, I, and I think the main thing that I got from that show career wise was just, um, I just put in a lot of work on my voice mm-hmm. and, um, and I was like, well, I'm on a show called the voice. So I, I need to learn how to sing, <laughs> need to figure this out. And so I think it was that, um, that, that intensity of like working on one song for two months kind of thing. Mm. Um, that really made me go like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out how to use my voice. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, so you said the one song was that, is it break even? Yes. That's the one that I worked on the longest. Okay. Wait, so, so first of all, before we get into the songs that you did, what, so you, did you really get out on the first round or on the, well, I got like, I did, I, I got on to the show. So like I did okay. the audition where they like, you know, they flipped the chairs around and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the battle round thing was next where I was singing a duet with somebody and then they picked the other guy and I got off the show. So the second round technically. Oh, that's some junk. See, an injustice. This is how I feel <laughs> about these things. I don't- <laughs> well, I will, I will say I was not that great at singing back then. I was uh, very kind of new to it. So I do, th- I do think they made the right call. Okay. TBH. Okay. Well, again, you could listen to, or I'm sure you can like YouTube and like follow Jordy's short ex- extent on, <laughs> on right. The, totally. On voice, but also totally. you can find it's under, so we'll talk about it Spotify and where you can find his music later, but he's on Spotify and that song that he did the duet with is also available there. And I just randomly listened to that and I was like, yes, it was really good. You say he was a better singer. I mean, I mean, I'm, I think you were very evenly paired. If not, you know, like, oh, I appreciate you, it. Yeah. You, you held your own. So, um oh thanks man yeah well like that's really incredible i love that you had that experience to kind of get out of alabama and see another part of the world and at least totally and um it kind of sets you on this path so after the voice is that when you came back and you were like i'm done with this school thing let's (laughs) go to nashville yeah my yeah my uh my whole goal for going to school was to be too busy with music to be able to finish school <laughs> i was like that was because i was like I, my parents were like you can't just like not go to school unless you have stuff that you're doing and work that you're doing which i think is wise um and so that kind of lit a fire i was like okay i want to be busy enough and so really after the voice i was busy with like i was playing for another artist and helping produce and play on records for her um with a crew there. And then there was a couple other people that I was playing shows for. And then my own stuff, I was like making a record and writing a ton and, and getting ready to book shows. And so it got to the point where I was like, Oh man, I, I can't make classes because I'm working on things that are really better that are, that are doing well. Mm. And I was making a little bit of cash. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it's finally time. So then I, I, then I dropped out and moved to Nashville. Yeah. Well, th- this is actually kind of a recurring 
theme that I <laughs> that happens a lot of yep. a lot of musicians. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, you just yeah. fall into your 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 vibe and you you rock it out, and it, it works for a lot of folks. Um, so. And how far, remind me, how far is Nashville from Florence? It's, it's almost like it's kind um, of it's, pulling people yeah, from North it's, Alabama. <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty close. It's like two hours. So yeah. people, you know, commute up to Nashville and live in Florence all the time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so we we're kind of following your life trajectory here. You, you did your, your bit in, in Florence. And then so what was it like being a part of the Nashville music scene? Because it's, it's tremendous. You got gospel, country, you know, sometimes mm. pop. You got all kinds of stuff happening in Nashville. And from what I've heard, the music, like, there's just, it's just rife with musicians. It's so what's it like to be a part of that? Yeah, it's definitely, like, the most musicians per capita <laughs> of anywhere in the world, probably. Like, I, I, I really think that. Sure. Like, even, like, L.A. has so many musicians, but it's just so much bigger and there's a lot other, a lot of other industries there, Sure. but like it's, it's kind of, and this baby is just the crew that I'm in. It's like really rare that to know someone that doesn't have music out, <laughs> or oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like to have to know somebody that wasn't in a band at some point or like, like most people, you know, like, have have old merch of theirs at the, you oh, know at nice. their house yeah nice um and so i think that community was a really cool place to be especially for a while um while i was kind of learning how to tour and coming up and stuff because it was just so many people that are, that want to do music and are doing it themselves and it's such a friendly vibe there too like and but at the same time it, it would it's like it would be rare for me to not have at least one mutual friend with somebody who does music similar to me in Nashville. Mm, mm. It's like the music, the music community is really close knit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and like, it's so friendly that like in Nashville, if you meet somebody and immediately start networking and talking about making music with them and talking about cool things you've done, it's an immediate closed door. <laughs> oh. But, um, but if you meet someone and are kind and develop a good friendship, then you usually end up working on music with them afterwards. Okay which is, which is kind of a cool thing. So it's like, it's sort of a job requirement to be kind. Um, <laughs> and, and the people that aren't kind and that are just, you know, the people that will steamroll other people or whatever, mm -hmm. usually don't get work and don't get asked for, don't get opportunities in Nashville. Um, That's good to know. And so, I, yeah. yeah. That, and it's actually because I think people probably assume that the opposite, that it is an industry where you kind of have to, I mean, that's like a story that's perpetuated all the time, or at least like in the right. olden days, like you have to be, you know, bloodthirsty and ruthless to make it to the right. top. But it's yeah. Now, L.A. is like that, I think. And New okay. York in some ways is like that. But okay. Nashville is for some reason is I think because it's just smaller, you sure. know, like if if, you know, if you do someone dirty, everyone's going to hear about it. You know? <laughs> and uh and because because everybody's friends you know but if you treat people well then you know those are the people that like man this guy's always so kind i want to have him on tour or like man this guy helped me out with this thing i want to help him out with this thing it's the yeah it's a great vibe like that yeah and maybe too some some southern hospitality sprinkled in there too you know people right being part of a community yeah and, i can agree with that out. yeah that, that's i want to just put that yeah. on there just, it's <laughs> just true. To qualify. Um, yeah no, well, I, I agree. It's it, 
so I mean, again, the, my music career, if you can even call it that, it doesn't even, it doesn't, I don't have a music career, but like my experiences are primarily um, steeped in yeah. being in Auburn and, and seeing all the different, you know, kind of college yeah. bands and folks who like just kind of did the same thing you did, but again, with even like less resources, just folks getting together and creating music. And I kind of get to the, the fact, I kind of get the yep. idea that that's what's going on. What I mean, you basically just shared, that's what's going on in Nashville. And it's so heartwarming to hear. Um, so I'm going to have to be walking through Nashville with a different perspective now. It's just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> good vibes all around. Um, That's right. Knowing That's that people right, are man. working and collaborating like that. Um, yeah. And so uh, I want to get into now, like some of your, your, your work. Um, I'm itching to talk about it. Cause again, yeah, thank you. Love question mark songs um, floored me. And I was just like, yeah, this thank is, you such incredible stuff and i wish we could talk about every single song on the album because <laughs> again yeah, just you. like the stories and the storytelling that you've done on there are incredible but one song that did both the storytelling and like if you want to get technical like technical musical um execution that i thought was really cool and really impressed with was the song better and i want to give you guys a little sample of it here i love you because i don't love me I love you cause I don't love me I love you cause I don't love me I don't think I deserve better I can't feel it when you touch me We're not fooling anybody I love you cause I don't love me I don't think I deserve better uh, But we deserve So this song <laughs> it's it, so it, it came to me as a little personal testimony it came to me in a, at a time in my life where i did a lot of work last year 2021 on my mental health and Jeez. this whole thing yeah. about you know, the self-love type situation and yeah i this song kind of was a part of that soundtrack you know oh man and um it, it's it's insane though like the how brutally vulnerable and transparent you were about this so before we to get into it any deeper tell us about the inspiration and how the where the song came from yeah so i'm gonna be honest that song is completely made up oh hell i've never <laughs> i've I, and, and I, sometimes I feel bad because like all the girls that I've dated have been like really great, you know, and it just like didn't work out. Um, and it sounds like I just dated just an absolute monster of a human being. Um, and it, this, so this song isn't completely made up. So the song is actually a metaphor um, in, in myself for like the way that I used to treat everything in my life. Sure. Um, so like my career or like my friend group or you know attention from people or you know being recognized if i walk to a coffee shop or mm -hmm. or uh um you know social media whatever these all, all i used to have a relationship with so many of those things that was like i don't respect myself and i have to get my worth from these other places mm. and it kind of led me into a cycle a lot of in a lot of different situations in my life and so um i wrote that song thinking that it was completely made up. And I was just like, oh, no way, where'd this come from? And then looking back on it now, it kind of makes me realize, oh, this actually was, was coming from a lot of different places. And I just kind of put the, I, I, I was able to, I put the, um, you know, put it into the metaphor of a relationship. Um, 
but yeah and it's and that whole record love songs that the concept behind it is uh because it's love question mark songs mm-hmm. um there are all songs where i'm trying to find out what love is and where it really is and so mm-hmm. throughout the course of the record there um there are like you know some breakup songs there's there's a song called rich that's like wait do i need a lot of money to be happy or is that mm-hmm. not what it is um and then the second to last song, this, the last two songs of the record, there's one called All Night uh, that kind of goes into one called Favorite Days. And mm-hmm. the song called song, uh, All Night is just a song about my friend group in Nashville and just mm-hmm. how many great people there are um, that, I, that, you know, were really kind to me in a lot of different ways. And, um, and then the last song is a song called Favorite Days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about my brother who I lived with for five years and my, uh, and, and about Scooter, my drummer. I was um, wondering that. Just I was like, it's like, I was like, is totally. he calling Scooter his brother or like, is this like about his actual brother who we can talk about in a second? Yeah. Who also does incredible stuff with music. I, I've scoped out, but yeah. Talk about right. Favorite Days too. Yeah. But so the, the end of the whole record is essentially me looking for love and going like, is it here? No, it's not there. And then at the end of the record, it's me realizing like, Oh, the my love is in the relationships that I already have with the people that care about me, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the, and so better kind of fits into that concept. It's like, Oh, is love in this codependent relationship with things around me? Or is it just in the friendships that I have, you know, right now? So. Absolutely. I mean, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, that thing that's super evident and very obvious, like throughout the, so I think you did a good job. Like, I think it, the, the, it. the songs can definitely be applied on various different levels. And I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, as we're talking about better favorite days, um, because I wanted to talk about that one <laughs> too. Yeah. Like it's, it's very beautiful. Um, yeah. Thank you. So like, again, I think this is just the magic of good songwriting and it, to be able to relate to it and people to find themselves in it like I did. And I'm sure other people might probably pull some of the same things out. I'm like, And I think it's uh, we're at a moment too in like as a society where we're reckoning <laughs> and trying to live through this pandemic. Yeah. You know, reckoning with what is life? What is love? What are, how am I supposed to be moving through this world in respect or, yeah. you know, in the context of other people? Um, and you did a lot of thinking about that and a lot of um, translating that in this, in this album. So mm, appreciate that. Um, better in particular, again, it was very poignant. Like, so I don't think in terms of like just a personal testimonial, I think people have always asked me like working with therapists, it's like, Oh, and this like this kind of culture of self-love industry, you can almost like this gospel yeah, right. to where it's a point that was very, um, toxic i thought and for me personally yeah. i was like well i mean i think i have a pretty self healthy self-image and i think i love myself and everything but i right. could not ignore like the chorus and the way that she's saying this mm-hmm. you know i i you know like <laughs> i love you because i don't love me and i was like yeah. it actually the way you sang it got me to wonder like it was like damn do, do i like <laughs> yeah. yeah so it was oh, a yeah. great experience um so that's oh, again, just, like that. the, the 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 list lyrics and the storytelling but again in terms of like the execution and stuff one of the things that threw me for a loop and i had to scream and if i'd had something in my hand i would have thrown <laughs> it <laughs> and you know what i'm talking about it's just this key change that you did you did oh yeah or several key changes that you did and i'm right. very particular about key changes because it can be very niche right like and just very right. corny and totally but what you did with this and this song 
I was just reeling, just like, whoa, what is happening? Um, so you guys, so what we tend to do is we, we uh, obviously with the show, we, we play the song after. So be sure to stick around and listen to Better. Because um, it's, it's an incredible song. Um, to just, if not to get something from, just to listen to, like as an auditory experience. So, um, Man, but is there anything else that. you want to you wanna share about it? Like, like what was the, the recording process like? And like, how did you do like, like, can you tell us about some of the musicians and folks that are on it? Yeah, so my buddy Lucas Morton um, produced that record and the one before it and the one that's coming out now. Um, and he's uh, just absolute genius. And so essentially what I did was I came in with the song and, um, and you know, a whole bunch of influences for it. And then the first week that we worked on stuff, we made like five like a demo a day, essentially. And really like the kind of the heart and soul of the song is captured in that first day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the key change, um, you know, we try, I, I wanted, I wanted to turn up the dial a little bit. So I went, went up to that key in the studio. I was like, what if we, we tried the key change and mm-hmm. went up. Um, <laughs> and then whenever I had the idea to come back down, I just remember Lucas looking at me like, that's the dumbest idea that I've ever heard whatever shut up lucas well that's you don't know and that's that's the thing is is uh about my working relationship with lucas is like so many times i'll say something like that and he'll just look at me like oh my god no that's so why no you're gonna mess it all up no but the but he's like you're paying me i guess we'll do it and then he's such (laughs) i and i i do think also like i i love to paint myself into a corner and that's usually the best way that i grow so like when we were recording that song, I couldn't sing it. Like I wrote the melody and I was like, I don't know how to sing this, but I was like, ah, but this is a good song. So let's just figure it out. And so. Wait, when you say you don't, you didn't know how to sing it. What do you like? Was it difficult or? Yeah. Well, it just like sounded real bad. And so I was <laughs> like, whatever figured out so we were recording it and it's mostly that high falsetto part of my range like i didn't have that mm-hmm. range at all oh. i just could kind of imagine what it would be like and so we were recording it and when i when we had recorded that vocal it just it took hours and hours and so many takes and i was just screaming sounding terrible into the mic and lucas had to like comp it together um and uh and it, which is so funny but like and then once yeah. he got, because he's a great, he's great at vocal comping, especially. So whenever we got the comp, it was like, oh, sweet. There it is. This sounds cool. And then I had to learn how to sing it live. And, then, yeah. <laughs> and so it took me a few months to like learn how to sing my own song. The same thing happened on mine called Love and War in Your 20s on a record before that one. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't like play the guitar part when I wrote it. Like I could, I could fumble through it, but I couldn't like play the song all the way through. So when we were recording that guitar part, I just played that part for like two or three hours until we finally got the take that or like a cobbled together take that we could use in the song. And then after we recorded it, I was like, okay, now I got to learn how to play this. So now I can play that part. <laughs> so I think that that's why I love painting myself in the corners. And I, unfortunately for Lucas, I love doing that to him too. And being like, uh-huh. now nah, figure it out, man, make this key change. Cool. And he, and <laughs> I feel like, cause I had the vision for that. It, there's a chance that it could be cool. He had the talent to like really pull it off and make it make all the transitions awesome and make everything feel right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm really proud of what we came up with. 
I mean, and you should be. Um, also, you mentioned Love and War in Your 20s. That's like one of my other favorite oh, songs. Thanks. Yours, so, and I can see too. Like again, <laughs> but again, it's so interesting because all these things that you've created, they're very complex. And it's it's incredible to hear that you, you say that it's almost like they created themselves and demanded that you rise to the occasion. Yeah, which for is sure. An incredible story uh, and experience. Um, but yeah, like again, I just, I don't know. Better was just, one, it was one of the songs that I heard in a really long time that was just like, this is constructed like, this is something like it wasn't something that was just put through a mill it was like there was some thought and and an effort that went yeah, into it and that. again it just pays off in spades um <laughs> i can gush off about it like so much mm-hmm. it's again the whole album is really great but this is one that i played over and over and over and over Man, again thanks and I, enough I appreciate of. that and also, too, for whatever it's worth, I, it did end up hearing you live and yeah. you performed this brilliantly. Oh, so <laughs> all the work that you did paid off, too. Appreciate that. Um, it's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you for uh, for for sharing your insight on that song and for, you know, you folks hang on to the end of the show to listen to it so you can experience and get your jollies like I did. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So just. Moving right along, um, we've already talked about your quote-unquote lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, of living in your van and and working in your van. And I, I thought one of the things in preparing for you to know, talking with you, I follow you on Instagram and you posted a photo, I think, just of your van. I think this is when you kind of told everybody that you were working your yeah. van. And you said that, oh, I just parked the van, or I don't know exactly what you said, but it was like, oh, I just parked the van. I'm just going to sit here by this lake and write music. I was like, what a lovely bard-like experience yeah. <laughs> to have. So, like, just tell us, like, what that's like for you. I mean, because it's, again, like, there's a lot of uncertainty in a lot of people's lives and stuff. Right. So to be able to, like, to be living this kind of nomadic life, tell us what that's like and how it impacts um, your craft and, and everything. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I bought, so I bought this van literally February of 2020. So I bought it. I was like, talking to my manager is like, it's a lot of money. We're going to have to get a loan for it, but we're going to do a lot of touring this year. So like, we need to have a good vehicle and this is totally worth it. So I bought it and then every show canceled. And, uh, and I was just like, all right, kind of screwed. Um, I was, and I, it was an interesting financial year cause I lost a ton of money, but also yeah. like streaming started to pick up like right after that. So it was kind of a year and a half of like paying back debts and getting to a place where, and all, and all of that to where it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of financially okay now, um, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I like, whenever I, um, you never, whenever that happened, I, I was like, well, I have this van now that I just bought, I'm going to build it out. So I figured out, you know, kind of learned how to do mediocre woodworking and, um, <laughs> me and my grandpa built the bunk out and me and another friend built the rest of it. And yeah. And, and then I did a, like a, a month long trip down highway one from like Oregon to San Diego. Dreams. Um, and just dream just experience. Surf. It was very fun. And I just surfed a ton and wrote um, some of the songs and kind of got some of the inspiration for this next record that I'm putting out. It's called daylight um, okay. song coming out every month until it's out in June. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, so I, so it then this van definitely ended up being a part of the sound of the record and inspiration behind it. And also kind of like just a marker of the life, the season of life that I'm in. Um, one, mm-hmm. cause I was like, okay, I need to save some money. Um, 
So I'm going to just try to do that <laughs> as much as I can. Um, and then also like, you know, kind of getting, I, I did the touring grind really hard for a lot of years. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, kind of now at a point to where like, I can do this, I can be as effective with touring without having to be gone a hundred percent of the time. Um, yeah. and so now I'm like kind of getting back in touch with things that I really love apart from music and like the ocean is, you know, maybe the biggest thing. Um, sure. so like, yeah, just having the chance to, cause I'm, I'm heading out to California now for a couple of months until we tour again mm -hmm. to write with friends mm -hmm. and, and surf a bunch. And yeah, I'm just excited to kind of, you know, instead of just be building a career, be building a life a little bit more, which, which I really like, but yeah. And, awesome. and, uh, <laughs> I do think like my mom always used to say that like whenever Tolkien was writing the first part of the Lord of the Rings, he was literally like being shot at in the trenches in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and whenever C.S. Lewis was writing all of his best stuff, he was like a full-time professor at Oxford and like had to give multiple mm. lectures every week. So mm -hmm. the, you know, great works of art, in my opinion, are not always like, you don't always have to be feeling great or emotionally sound or have a ton of time or have like, you know, the most perfect opportunities to do things. It's usually like in the 30 minutes where you have, where you're stressed out about something else, but you're like, Oh, I just got to get this idea down that the best ideas happen. So, you know, me writing a song in a van sometimes is, you know, sometimes is great. I'm parked next to a scenic, whatever, or sometimes it's like I'm in a truck stop parking lot and it's, kind of cramped and I'm claustrophobic, <laughs> but I th I do think as long as you show up, great song can happen anywhere. And they usually happen in places that aren't super comfortable. Like my favorite song that I've written the last few months happened while I was on the road. I had like 20 minutes yeah. and I like hadn't had time to write a song in a week. And then I wrote, wrote it all down in 20 minutes. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's way better than the ones where I had like a full day to work yeah. on something. So yeah. So first of all, again, slight flex there. I wrote an incredible song <laughs> in 20 minutes. Love that. <laughs> I mean, I, but, I, I, you know, I write songs really fast and most of them are so bad. You know, I've, uh, the most I've ever done in a day is eight, but they were all terrible. So I, yeah. <laughs> I need to know, I need to understand what that's like. Yeah. Again, so, I, so I've, I've had different writers. I've had poets on and, yeah. and other songwriters on and then ask them like <laughs> what their writing regimen is like. And I know some people, you know, I often cite my Angelou who kind yeah. of like wrote it out and she she rented a hotel room and, you know, she like got up at six o'clock in the morning and had a typewriter and she spent the day in the hotel room writing. Yep. So I know some people have really structured processes, but here you are saying that that's not necessarily the case for you, but you try to maybe it's like, ideally, how would you write? Like, well, I do have a pretty structured, like I write from 12 to six every day that I'm not touring, except for okay. like. Sundays, sometimes Saturdays I get off too. But, um, so I, I, I try to give it about six hours a day. Um, but, uh, and I, and I try to like for the love songs record, I wrote almost 300 songs. And for this next one, I tried to get 400, but I got like three, I started like 387. Um, wait, you wrote 300 songs for the album and it wound up being one, two, three, eight, four, eight five, tracks. six, seven, eight. Yeah. Eight, so it went from 300 to eight. You mean to tell me that there were 292 songs? That oh, were... yeah. What? Yep. 
And but here's the thing: there were only about fifty songs that were worth listening to at all. Most of them were okay. So, bad. so at so, some point, I hope that you and I can connect. And I want to. I'm hoping. Hopefully, you didn't like destroy these quote unquote bad songs. And I would just like to. They're, they're all there. Here we have a these. whole pile called leftovers in the you know. But yeah, so I so I narrowed it down to fifty songs, and then I sent uh-huh. it, I sent those fifty songs out to about twenty five people, and I said, "Send me your top seven. So they sent me the top seven, and then I okay. I narrowed that down to about fifteen songs, maybe eighteen songs, and then me and my producer went in with these that really were the top tier, and then we chose mm-hmm. the top eight from those. So, so that's how. So what were some of the songs? What were some of the songs that were like consistently people's favorite? Was better one of them? Um, oh, that one actually didn't. There were some people that were like, "That one's awesome," but um, I that was one that I kind of felt like I, I was special and I wanted to record it. The, so there's a song on the record called "Friendship" that I didn't, uh-huh. and I still don't really like that much, which is hilarious. <laughs> I think I when I wrote it, I wrote it with some friends and. I was kind of like, and they were like, this is awesome. And I, I was kind of like, man, this is sort of like an old school Alicia Keys ballad, but nowhere as good as Alicia Keys. And I don't think I should cut it. <laughs> and, um, and they were like, you're wrong, man. I was like, okay, whatever. And then that was the one, whenever I sent out to a bunch of people, everybody was like, no, that song is awesome. You got to record that song. And then I made, and then I was like, well, I'm obviously wrong and these people are right. So let's, let's do this one. And then we, when we made the demo, I was like, oh, okay, I get why they like this one. Okay, I'm into it now. Yeah, well, I, so that song is very unique. It's not necessarily different from everything else on the rest of the album, but it's very unique because to me, it sounds like, it reminds me of church. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's I it's mean, a very gospel. Yeah. yeah. You, you mean, you got the, I, the five minor in there, you know, got to. Yeah. I think it's um so this is why I want to go through your quote unquote leftovers just to listen and see what what was going on yeah. you know cuz I think whatever I think the, the what I'm trying to get at is you know you never know what's reaching people or what sounds good to different people and maybe I just have crappy taste <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know I I bet you probably have you can probably you probably have a lot of albums in you and those songs that are just they just need some polishing up Yeah maybe. well there were and it's funny there, uh, at the end of the day, like music, money, music just costs a lot of money to record. Um, That's true. And yeah. you know, I was spending like three grand a track on recording these songs because um, mm-hmm. it took so much time, so much Lucas's time mm-hmm. and hiring players, mixers and stuff. Um, and so at the end of the day, there were songs. It was like, well, we only have money to do these songs. So these, it's got to be this many. Um, and there were songs that like, it was essentially like you, you know, it was just a shootout. You'd like, okay, is it this song or this song? And you're like, man, this one's awesome. This <laughs> one's awesome. And you're like, but this one is 1% more awesome than that one. Okay. Let's not record the other one. You know, man. Oh, I bet that's a very stressful process to be around, but I'm like, I really want to, I would love to see what that's like for, yeah. for you guys. It's interesting to to- saying, I feel like I never, ever want to make a record where I don't have that process. <laughs> Cause I feel like that's the telltale sign of a good record is like, Oh, there, there's so many great songs that didn't make it. So that means the yeah. one that did make it, there was a reason, you know. For sure. That's beautiful. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for going. That, I mean, this is completely quote unquote off script, but that yeah. was an incredible discussion. 
And I love that. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. Um, let's, I, one of the things that you mentioned, and I, I thought about this when we first started talking, but you mentioned the impact of the pandemic. And that's something that I think we all are still living through with this ridiculous mess. Totally. Um, and, and we were very aware of it, especially in 2020. Again, we're going, I'm, my years all, all blend into each other. Right. But 2020 is like immediately, we definitely felt like, you know, places were shut down and the music, the music world was like, what? Again, so this New York trip I was supposed to go on, yeah. I was supposed to go 20, March 2027, because that was my birthday. It's going to be my big 30th birthday trip. Yeah. And the day before we were supposed to leave, Broadway shut down. Yes, so we were like, right. what? Like, who hears of that happening, you know? And so, um, yeah, it impacted you. So would you mind sharing more about your experience and, like, what you did to fill in the time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, man, it was a weird time in Nashville, March 2020. Um, I bet. I remember, like, it was the Tuesday before, um, before everybody was like, okay, we don't need to go outside. Uh, but all the shows had shut down before that. So like I had friends that were about to go tour in Indonesia that were just like, Oh no, never mind. I guess we'll be here this month. And Oof. I remember going into a coffee shop on a Tuesday at like 2 PM. And I, I went in and I saw every one of my musician friends that was supposed to be on the road. And it, at first I was like, Oh, everybody's home. And then it hit me. I was like, Oh shit, everybody's home. No one has jobs. <laughs> yeah. So there was a month. Um, and most of, like working class Nashville people in their twenties that are musicians. Um, like there's no other option except living from paycheck to paycheck as a musician for the most part mm -hmm. in your twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I knew whenever, like as soon as my friends didn't have gigs, like they didn't have food or rent, you know? And, uh, and also the jobs that musicians get to supplement, like, you know, work at the coffee shop, whatever, those jobs were also gone. So there was, before mm -hmm. unemployment kicked in, it was, a, it was such a scary time because there was like, mm -hmm. and like the Nashville tornadoes had just happened too. And like, yeah, I, right, I played right. a venue February 29th, I think. And then two days later, a tornado tore it to the ground. Like we, I was like the second to last show there. Um, Whoa. It was wild. And so, yeah, there was, there was a month where, I knew a lot of people that were like literally hungry. Um, and then, oh, um, and then unemployment happened, uh, fortunately, and <laughs> which it was hilarious. Cause like <laughs> a lot of my musician friends were like, man, we're rich now we're making 600 bucks a week. This is crazy. We ain't, we ain't never, <laughs> never had this. We just got this money. Um, so that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that, but that, that was a, a really good thing. Um, that allow, well, allow musicians that, to not have to, you know, quit. Yeah. And that's something not to like wax political or anything, but again, I mean, I have a lot of musician, musician friends, but maybe not to the, to the level that you are, but I think when we think of the pandemic impacting people, we think automatically like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, right. it's like the major folks and like, Oh, they're super duper rich and they can't, well, like, yeah, they, they can't tour. Oh, they can't make more things. money. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like they can't tour, but you know, they have millions of dollars that they've made all their, for the rest right. of their, their career this far. So they're fine. But I guess for me, even now, which is really unfortunate, just hearing you talk about this, the musicians who aren't on that level, who are still doing a tremendous amount of work and supplying a lot of venues in Nashville right. with music or even here in Atlanta who are doing shows on like a regular basis, those people fell on their, on their ass, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and there were to hear that the, the, the times were that hard was is, is 
kind of it, it, I'm a little shook right now. That's incredible. it was it was a lot. Um, well, and then you, you have that, and then there were a lot of other like because you know musicians' careers kind of flip on 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 a switch sometimes. Sure. So like I had some friends that were gonna open up for two arena tours, and they had never done uh-huh. anything like that before. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they got they just like. We're at, you know, it, it was at the right time and they had these huge arena tours lined up and they were about to just shoot into the stratosphere. Um, uh-huh. And they're fine. Like they have a fan base and make cash and it's great. But that was, that was, that was a big bummer because it was like, oh man, might not get that opportunity again. And there was one, one of the tours mm-hmm. they got to do recently, but there was another one where literally the band they were going to like open for in a worldwide arena tour broke up <laughs> over the pandemic. Whoa, and then like, no. and then they're just like, Oh, might never get that shot again. You know? So there, and there were, there were a good number of opportunities like that, that like I knew of friends wow. that were like, Oh, we're, this is about to go or had friends that like, well, I'm, honestly kind of for me, like I had just put out a record and I, I didn't get to tour yeah. that record for a year and a half. Yeah. So sometimes I do wonder like, Oh man, if I wonder if I had been able to tour that, record for a while if the, if if that um if if the people that had reached would have been different you know um but at mm-hmm. the end of the day you know it's uh it's you know every everybody everybody lost something and went through something hard um and uh to be able to still make music which most of my friends i don't really that was the thing i thought i was gonna go watch all of my friends quit music um mm. which i was really scared and sad about that um but yeah. i but for the most part, I think most of my friends that were making a living doing music, um, like were able to keep it going and keep their careers together, um, which was amazing. And I was really. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that I actually remembered to ask about that. Cause again, that, cause again, it's still, you know, pushing, you know, year three of the pandemic and, you know, we're like, what is still going and it's surging and we're just trying to figure out, get this thing under control. And people are saying, well, maybe we need to go back into a lockdown. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen or something happens to where we can get back on a, right. quote unquote, like to how things were before. But I'm, I'm glad that the overarching at the end of this story that you told is you guys are persevering and still being able to create and put things out because um, yeah. it's not only is it good for you, but it's good for us to be able to, to consume that. So um yeah. Woo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get a little weepy or whatever, yeah. uh, shifting back to music. Uh, again, like I said, I was able to hear you in, in uh, live. Yeah. I was supposed to hear you here in Atlanta, but I had some stuff uh, come up and I had to, fortunately, you were still hanging around in the, in the area the next month uh, in October. Yeah. It was the last show of your tour uh, in Opelika. Yeah Which um, was really, really great. And honestly, uh, do, you, do you, again... Like you and I were like ten feet away from yeah, each other twice that night. Totally, totally. <laughs> do, do you like do I do I am I like familiar? Totally. I no, to I remember talk you, to you yeah. like okay, well <laughs> I remember seeing you. Yeah, I didn't I was I was a little bit sick that night, so I didn't I didn't end up talking to anybody after that show. And really most of the shows because sure. it was still like, you know, and now still you don't want to give anybody COVID, but uh yeah. Right. It was pandemic yo. I know it being I was totally fangirling because yeah. I was I think we walked over to with to, I think you guys were eating. I forget the, the name. Yeah, of the that's right. But you guys were eating before the show, and I walked over with Scooter. I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, that's right. that's right. That's <laughs> right. that. See you again. Did, did not want to to do that. I had to contain myself, <laughs> but I knew that we would get a chance to talk eventually. Yeah. I'm very fortunate for it. But one of the things, so again, the show, entire show was incredible. 
But one of the things that I loved, you threw me for a loop, was that you quoted one of my main men, Frank Ocean. Oh, yeah. By leading into the song I'm good because and it's really sad because like, he's the one that he kind of he's fallen out of my my little music rotation yeah. <laughs> of late I haven't listened to him in a lot in a, in a while here um but one of my favorite songs by him all time God's feet right. and for Same. those you know it's like I, I will all, well, I, mean, it, I will always love you you know how I do and yeah. it's it's it's, and it's a beautiful song just it's just beautiful right and I lost it <laughs> I was standing in the back and I don't think anybody else understood what was <laughs> happening in that moment right. except for me and I, I, that's fine but yeah. um again kind of going along with the theme of that album love songs and then mm. this song again was very poignant um i gotta ask you this overall what is your love philosophy what does love mean to you yeah i think it's um it's interesting i think it changes all the time um but i i, I think it's love I, I, if I had to define it today, I think love is generally the highest pursuit of man, you know? So like, okay, it's, yeah. it's what, uh, it's, it's the end goal of everything and what we were put on earth to do and is the, mm-hmm. the only good driving force behind every action. Um, so I, I definitely like, yeah. And, 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 uh, let me see if there's any, anything else. Uh, I would, no, I think that sums it up. Yeah, love love is the reason why we're here. <laughs> and regardless of other beliefs, I feel like everybody shares that, which is, is really special. Yeah. It's a recurring, I mean, obviously it's a recurring theme and it has been like throughout the, the, the time of Maine, right. right? But, and for me, for me personally, I love love and have a lot, have, you know, from like my upbringing and being raised in the church yeah. and talking about Jesus and maybe not so much being super, involved in church deep now but still being able to recognize that same kind of love and like history talking through like the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and Martin Luther King and his his philosophy but also just like the community that I'm finding and how people who I interact with love me and how they show it through other actions it's love's big and I love (laughs) for lack of a better word how um it shows up in your music and I I think it's we kind of did like a, um, a reverse um, getting to that point, but we talked about your music and here you are basically just telling us the undercurrent of how, of how you, how you, you work. And yeah. again, I, I appreciate you for sharing that with me. I just yeah, want to see where you were totally. mentally just to get it, get it on record officially, not yeah. just in a song through metaphors and stuff. Right. Like where is this, this thing, this love coming out of you? And uh, I think I totally agree with you on that, man. It's, that's, it's why we're here. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks man. Appreciate that. Um, and, and I think it's kind of evident to you in uh, the next song that I want to talk about, which is the newest song that was just released a couple of weeks ago, uh, Morning Glow. Oh, yeah. Here's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere taught us not to dance. They're on the corner, pocket full of hands. Shame is just a shadow. That the heart breaks Night is only suns That are just far away Morning Um, so tell us the inspiration behind this one. Yeah, so I wrote this one with my buddy Jake Wesley Rogers. Um, he's just okay. an incredible, incredible artist. He's like, he's just like Elton John again. He's so good. 
um he's like and he like is like six foot four redhead super skinny and like wears these like incredible costumes all the time and plays piano okay. and sings but he's it's elton john it's it's amazing um oh wait is there a video of you performing yeah this with him? yeah yeah I think, yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's the most mesmerizing performer I've ever come across. And me, that video of me singing this song with him at the Ryman is, mm-hmm. that's my yeah. favorite, favorite performance that I've ever done so far in my life. Okay. Is singing that song. Okay. Um, but yeah, we wrote that song. He brought in the title and we wrote that song about his relationship with his boyfriend at the time. And, um, mm-hmm. and we wrote it kind of, it was, it was more of a, like, it was loosely following a story, but it was more of just kind of an emotional experience of a song rather than like, a, I'm writing it specifically about, you know, X. And, um, but we, but yeah, the song is about finding that person that you want to hold on to and then and mm-hmm. holding on. Um, and I think the song is, it also touches on his experience as a gay man and like mm-hmm. just kind of the shame and, and pressures and things that, he experiences in any relationship he's in um and uh and yeah so the (laughs) so the that song kind of comes from that spot and i originally um for some reason i didn't think of it as like a me song until i was putting the the tunes together for the record then i realized i was like oh that song i wrote with jake that's a special one and so um i i was like you know i'm just so stoked to put it on the record and be able to record it. And my friend Juliana Zachariu is one of my favorite songwriters ever. She's incredible. Okay. She, uh, she's based out of San Diego and, um, uh, and I've, I've been wanting to get her to feature on a song for years at some point. And so it was mm-hmm. finally kind of felt like the right time. And I was like, Hey, can you send a vocal in for this? And so I'm so stoked to have her on the song. She's the best. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's, thanks, man. I, I love it. And now that I'm thinking about this and hearing that you're going, you're going to California right now. Um, so, I mean, is, is this your vibe? Like, are you a surfer dude? Like, I mean, I love, <laughs> I love surfing a ton. So I, I guess so. Yeah. I, well, I can't say no because I love surfing and I'm driving to California in the van that I live in that I built. So like, <laughs> there's no way that it's not my vibe <laughs> you know yeah yeah and and uh, thinking of the artwork behind this and the other yeah. album that you i mean the other single that you released before Mount morning low which is molly and yeah. everything is very coastal west coastal right. I'm, I'm it i'm digging it i'm digging that. this direction that you're heading that you're heading Thanks. in um so and thank you for sharing how this was made and so again i think it it, it really kind of gives uh i this i love this but like behind the music mm. type yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff there are a lot of different moving parts so you wrote this song with this guy this this, this queer guy mm-hmm. about the song with his about his love yeah. and then you um it, it the song reaches out obviously it touches you mm-hmm. and it, it hits you and then you have this other person who brings it in who brings their their element into the song and makes it something almost not completely new i don't know what, what the original sound right. sounded like but it you know it's just a song kind of evolved and it's incredible the way that it came out um one of my favorite things from uh the the song though is like the 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 bridge the connecting line oh, of, yeah. shame is just a shackle that the heart breaks night is only suns that are just far away poetry i appreciate that we got Thank you. we got poetry here Thank like this is skill so what is something like that where does a line like that come from um honestly i think you know what like the the logic behind of, of where that comes from is like 
just trying to describe an emotion and being used to moving, being used to writing lyrics enough to where you can kind of play around with words really quickly. Mm -hmm. And also I think, um, I, I always try to allow myself to be grammatically incorrect or make up words or whatever. Um, Love which it. is, I, I think it's really important for me because like, um, yeah, the, yeah, the idea that like, you know, there's alliteration, shame is just a shackle. Um, mm -hmm. and then there's, I, cause I, I think I started the idea. I was like, I want to write something about, you know, it starts with the idea of like, uh, I want to write the idea that love breaks down shame, yeah. which, I, which I think, you know, is a con I, I got the concept, it was like a concept that comes from the Bible. And I was like, okay, so shame, it breaks. It's like a chain or something. It's like, you know, <laughs> break every chain. Just kidding. But, uh, but kind of, <laughs> no, go with it. <laughs> but, but, you know, so that language is kind of where that inspiration for the line comes. So I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, chain, I can't really say that, sh shame, shackle, you know, I'm used to looking for alliteration. So there, that's where that comes from. And then, okay. And then like, it's like, oh, uh, like breaks. And I think it was, it was Jake actually that was talking about, was like that the heart breaks. Um, mm -hmm. And, and like, and, and so like, yeah, obviously like that's a devil entendre of heartbreak and the heart being meeting is a metaphor for love breaking the shackle mm -hmm. that is shame, you know? Mm -hmm. So like you're trying to put together a line almost subconsciously that has a lot of connecting points so that whenever the line comes across the listener's ears, you know, you could pick up five or six things from it, um, which is really an approach that I love like that Kendrick does so much. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, so many writers do that, but just like hip hop has, so like when you really yeah. analyze good hip hop, it's just the most literary, most like literary, literarily advanced form of art that we have right now by far. Sure. And so sure. like, I think it was, you know, by listening through that dissect podcast that takes apart Kendrick uh, to Viva Butterfly, I was really like, oh, I, I want to try to have a double entendre in every line. I want to have a few layers and everything I write. Uh -huh. And then, and so the second line is night is only suns that are just far away. Um, what I'm trying to do is set up the chorus to kind of feel like, you know, the melody uh, and the delivery of the morning glow at the top of that chorus. I want it to feel like mm -hmm. somebody's flipping a light switch or like shining a, yeah. a, like a giant halogen bulb through a window and going like, oh, here it is. So in order to set that up, what you do is, you know, it's like, OK, I can just talk about night in a really quiet way in the line right before that. And, and, but also like not say like night is only suns that are shining bright. You know, I say night is only suns that are far away so that it feels dim and feels. And so that whenever the course hits, it feels like a surprise. So that's kind of like, that's the general breakdown of that, that line. Absolutely. And it all makes sense. Again, it, I love bringing these things together and hopefully uh, as you guys hear the song at the end, um, you can, make those connections too that's incredible that's like a little master class right there yeah, <laughs> like i need to it. pay you really quick yeah, <laughs> everybody's that. sending a dollar <laughs> for this that quick little lesson because that was amazing <laughs> um, thank you like and i love this the this the this this break <laughs> i'm cracking up because <laughs> you're, you're joking about the break every chain thing, right but this, right this, that's real man that's real like this 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 thing that i mean we needed like we see how love is is liberating you know, mm -hmm. it sets people free and it like, and it's something that we really need a lot, 
even increasingly like yeah. as we're moving into 2022 there's just like a lot of great madness still going on yeah. um again talking to you this song is taking on a new meaning and i just i am going to just um bask in its glow yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. yeah the, the first From, verse of that song forth. especially is like that was one of the things when i was wondering about to cut the song the first song is like literally jake talking about his gay experience and I'm, I'm i'm a straight guy and so i was like can i sing this i don't know and so i played around with changing the first verse but it just didn't feel right you know the first verse is like mm-hmm. shoes on the pavement i reach for your hand you pull away i understand somebody somewhere taught us not to dance there's there on the corner pocket full of hands and then shame mm-hmm. is just a shackle of the heartbreak so i was all i was for a while i was like do i sing this is this cool and then i was like oh, no I'm, I'm gonna sing it i'm gonna tell this story Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you did. And hopefully the girls out there can latch onto it and tap into yeah. this and they, they get their feels for it. Um, because this is, uh, this is kind of some revolutionary stuff. And I, I, I'm glad that it's out there. Man, I appreciate that. Um, thank you so much. Um, it's like, we're kind of like, coming to the close of our conversation. But again, I really do feel like I'm in the van with you <laughs> chatting along. <laughs> this is really great. Uh, I hate that coming to the close, but just a few more questions. I want to you've already shared some of these things, but what are some of the important lessons that you've learned so far in creating and performing music? I think just the biggest thing is just showing up every day. You know, the more time you put into something, just like anything, like the more, the, the, uh, the, a a gardener gets more flowers than a flower picker, you know? So the more you put, the more time you put into something, the better, the more it'll grow and be better. And I think that's the same with creativity. So showing up every day and, playing as many shows as you can it's not about like every one of them being epic or every song being great but it's about you know just being being attentive and being being ready to just like be there for the great moments when they come boom nice short and sweet yeah (laughs) that's great man appreciate it that's good i mean this is like i just like I think people can get in their heads about, you know, trying to be a performer or trying to create things. And um, like you said earlier about um, create writing songs and stuff, you just got to apply yourself and stick with yeah. it. And the good stuff will come out when it needs to. Mm-hmm. And the same thing here, like you just got to continue to show up. And so if anybody needs some encouragement or you're looking for a sign today to keep doing whatever you're doing, Jordy just told you to show up. Mm-hmm. And so you should just listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you write 500 songs, you will be a good songwriter. That's just how it goes. There you go. I mean, that sounds terrifying <laughs> for me. So, <laughs> but maybe I just let's take your your advice and just show up and write the dang five hundred songs. Go. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you might regret saying <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> um, but so that's thank you for sharing your lesson. So, um, the next thing I ask everybody these next two questions: You are um, a son, even though you came to Alabama a little later in your life. It's still you, you were still molded here yeah a good part of your life molded here um so how does alabama inform or inspire your work um i think my favorite thing about alabama honestly is um is everything that has to do with like the civil rights movement in in, in alabama um from okay. from like the actual civil rights movement to just like the racial situation and the ways that people have worked to overcome it um uh-huh. I think is, I think is really special, you know? And so like, I, uh-huh. I think for me, the music that has come out of that friend, friends of mine um, that don't look like me from all, you know, different ethnicities and different backgrounds and things. And the music that has played into that from like, I played with a lot of Hispanic um, 
people growing up and, and uh, just was able to see some of that music and some of that experience and, and played in a lot of like gospel groups and stuff in college. And so I think that's my favorite thing about Alabama is, is the ways that people that don't look like me have overcome the hardships of living in the South that I feel like are maybe even more prevalent in Alabama than in other places. Um, but sure. I, just, I, yeah. but I think it creates like, I mean, you know, MLK and, uh, and, and Rosa Parks and just everything that happened in Montgomery is, uh, is, is just some of the most, you know, some of the most special parts of, uh, spe- you know, special things and, and, and events that have happened in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, that, yeah. I think that's really beautiful and hopeful. And, and uh, I, um, that's a lot of the first record that I put out is, um, is kind of a song about kind of a, a record about that and about like the church's role in that. Uh, it's called Dark yeah. City is the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that came directly from just like people that I respect that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's a recurring theme. And so maybe hopefully people who, I don't know, who, I don't know who listens to this, this, this thing. <laughs> hopefully there's <laughs> a lot of people who are listening to it. Um, but yeah, these, your creatives are out here finding inspiration in the yeah. overarching, overcoming story of the state. Right. And it's really interesting. We're at this point in, in like a political history where we're kind of battling this whole critical race theory right. type situation and like <laughs> trying to right. impact how we to share that, that, that story. Yeah. And like, why would you want to do away with one of the most redeeming things about your state? I yeah. mean, again, it's one of the most harrowing things about the state, but like you just stated, like it's one of the things that make the state one of the best parts about the state is being able For to real. overcome, mm-hmm. you know, shortcomings uh, in those uh those challenges yeah. with race relations and that sort of thing civil rights and that sort of thing so yeah um again you're like the third person so yeah. far <laughs> to say to say something regarding related to the civil rights movement i think it, it just speaks for itself totally. really the, the the testament to the power of that of that time yeah. best thing out about, um, about Alabama, so, for sure for sure yeah uh and so like moving forward um like what is your hope for the state what's your hope for alabama yeah i think um I th- yeah, I, I guess for, you know, I, I, I do hope and I am hopeful that in the same way that like, you know, I've mentioned Kendrick a few times, but like Kendrick came from Compton, wasn't given resources. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, I think it's I think it's just incredible that like a guy like Kendrick, maybe the best poet of our time can come from an underfunded school system <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and i and i'm i'm hopeful for the same thing about alabama art like a place that's it's that that's you know has a dark history and a dark present in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. sometimes the best art comes from those places uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hopeful for you know for that art to happen but i'm also hopeful mm-hmm. that maybe alabama is in a place where um the whole of the state can accept that art and understand it and appreciate it and uh and yeah i don't know i think i i think uh you know may, people may not regard alabama as like the most creative state <laughs> uh mm-hmm. sometimes but i but i think that I, I think that the bones are there and the and the uh 
the opportunity is there for the best start you know and so I'm, I'm excited for that for sure yeah and I, I i i experienced that myself um as i just learned different things about the state you know just various and just in passing there's so much that's come out of the state so many different people who yeah. have come out of the state like i just learned um in reading a book uh, called South to America. We'll talk about that later on the podcast um, by Imani Perry. But people like Michelle Obama's grandfather or great-grandfather oh, wow. was from or lived in Birmingham or mm. was from the Birmingham area and is buried there. Wow. Like, there are so many connections to this state of, of greatness yeah. that is often overlooked because of the over the the other reputation that right, we have. Right. <laughs> Um, it's a challenge, and so I'm with you. And honestly, what Higher Ground Society is all about really is supporting those efforts to continue to have that art and that sort of thing continue having it come out of the state and to thrive despite yeah. whatever challenges that we might face. So I'm with you. I hope the same thing. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. if we have anything to do with it, it, it comes to comes to pass. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, again, that's. This has been incredible. I'm really grateful Man, thank uh, you. for you taking the time to, to chat with me. Um, what's what's next on your to do list? So what's what's <laughs> other than staying on the road? Yeah. Um, what's coming up for folks and where can people find your music and stuff? Yeah. Um, new record is coming out right now. A song a month until June. Um, and then we'll be going on a headlining tour in April. Come out and see us. And then I'm going to be opening for an artist that I'm really excited about in May and June. Um, and that, that'll be announced soon. Um, but yeah, okay. I'll be in April through through the end of June. I'll be touring all over the place. and would love to see everybody. Um, and I'm going to be, be putting out some music till then brilliant can't wait if it's anything that we've got like from molly and morning glow so far it's going to be ground shaking uh <laughs> so Thanks, looking forward to that it. um and you're on instagram at jordy cersei music yes yep yeah yeah jordy cersei music everywhere instagram youtube tiktok all that stuff brilliant and again on all the music streaming platforms yeah yeah that's right so yeah, you guys make sure you um, seek him out, and also make sure you hang back and listen to the, the music that we've discussed in this in this episode. And um, yeah, Jordy, thanks so much. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's been great. This is Jordy Searcy, and here's my song, Better. I know you know the power in your texts Perfectly timed at 1am Suddenly this tension in my chest Feels like I'm running when I'm standing still You're controlling every part of me with six words Crazy part is that I tell myself it don't hurt But the truth is I love you cause I don't love me I love you cause I don't love me I love you cause I don't love me I don't think I deserve better I can't feel it when you tell
Thank you for listening to the Higher Ground Society podcast. I'm Jordy Searcy, and this is my latest single, Morning Glow. Shoes on the pavement, reach for your hand. You pull away, I understand. Somebody somewhere taught us not to dance They're on the corner, pocket full of hands Shame is just a shackle that the heart breaks Night is only suns that are just
That's a wrap on my conversation with singer-songwriter Jordy Searcy of Fairhope, Alabama. I hope you enjoyed our chat, and even more so, I hope you enjoyed Jordy's music. Ah,、oh, it's so good, right? 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> be sure to check out the rest of his material wherever you listen to music. As Jordy stated, he's releasing a song every month between now and June, so there's plenty coming. January's song, I Don't Think You Love Me, comes out tomorrow, Friday, January 21st. So make sure you're ready for it. Once again, thank you, Jordy, for chatting with me while you were cruising along I-40 West. That was seriously the most unique recording experience I've ever had. <laughs> the song that opened this episode is another one of Jordy's from his Love Songs album called Why Can't We Be Friends? Of course, the other songs of Jordy's featured in the episode were Better, also from Love Songs, and a new song from his upcoming album, Daylight, called Morning Glow, featuring Juliana Zakariu. Other music featured in this episode was created by Birmingham-based music producer Jasmine Garfield of Art Intel Media. I'd like to thank Alabama Humanities Alliance once again for their support of this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast. Be sure to check out the great work that they're doing across the state at alabamahumanities.org. And finally, I'd like to thank you, listener, for joining in with us on this conversation. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so that you're notified for future episodes of the show. We've got so many cool conversations in store for you. Like, seriously, you don't want to miss it. Until then, though, be easy. <laughs>